As a massage therapist, I've often wondered what our world would be like if people experienced less pain. Could you imagine? Pain sucks. It's stressful, it's exhausting, and it makes everything in life way harder than it needs to be. And so many people are living with it. I was actually one of them. In fact, I spent most of my life in pain, but not anymore. In today's post, we're gonna learn the basics about pain how it works, where it comes from, and how to deal with it so you can get creative with your pain management and live a life with more ease. Welcome to the blogcast Unlocking Wellness. I'm Crystal McLean, curator of Crystal McLean Creative, an online resource that supports folks who are ready to get creative with the care of their mind, body, and mother love and soul. If you enjoy this content, would like to support my work and score some sweet self-care goodies, consider a Patreon membership for as little as three bucks a month. To learn more, you can visit me at crystalmcleancreative.com. All right, let's get to it. But before we dive in too deep, I want to let you know that if you are listening to this on a proper podcast site and you actually like to have visuals while you listen, or you want to access all of the links that I share in this episode, I offer that feature at my website. You can either find a direct link to this episode in the show notes or plug this episode's title into the search bar of my website and boom, there you have it. All right, back to business. So I want to make a couple of things clear. I am not by any means a pain management specialist. What I have done, however, is successfully manage my own pain. And I've worked with loads of clients, helping them to manage theirs. And I've done a lot of research on the topic. So there's that. My second disclaimer is that I make zero promises here. Well, I would love it if you found yourself pain-free after experimenting with what you've learned here, I can't guarantee that that's going to happen. What I can say with near certainty is that after you digest this information, your self-awareness and your body consciousness should improve, which gives you the tools to make better choices for your self-care, which may result in less pain. So it's still a total win. All right. I want to share a couple of startling statistics, which are some of the reasons why I feel so passionately about understanding pain and learning how to deal with it. According to the National Health Interview Survey conducted by the CDC in 2021, one out of five adults in the U.S. experience chronic pain. And according to the National Library of Medicine in 2010, it was reported that the cost of pain is somewhere between $560 and $635 billion. And that's due to missed wages and medical expenses. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of money. And that's a lot of stress, which are also the reasons why more than 10 million Americans end up misusing opioids. And since things like pain and stress are often the precursors to a whole host of other physical, mental, and emotional ailments, I feel like pain awareness is a really great place to start when we're talking about self-care. So let's learn about the purpose of pain. Now, I get it. <laughs> pain is a really hard thing to embrace. It robs us of our energy, it causes depression and anxiety, and it keeps us from doing the things that we enjoy. 
And honestly, it can cause us to reach for really unhealthy coping devices. But essentially, pain is just our body's way of letting us know that something isn't right, that something needs tending to. It's our body's way of communicating its needs. We just need to learn its language. So this is how pain works. Well, you've got this brain (laughs) up in your head, right? And connected to this brain are more than 7 trillion tiny fibers woven throughout your body called nerves. And at the end of these nerves are little fingery type things called sensory receptors. And their job is to tell your brain what's going on inside and outside of your body at all times. And depending on what's going on with your body or environment, your brain will make you, your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, act accordingly. So when you stub your toe, for instance, you quickly grab onto it as a way of supporting the toe and soothing the pain. You might also get a little bit angry and maybe say a few choice words. (laughs) This is that fight or flight response that we all know so well. Anyway, the pain from a regular old toe stubbing, it doesn't last for very long. So you can get on with your life rather quickly. But what if you stubbed your toe so hard that you actually broke it? Well that's a whole different story. Now that you've broken your toe, hypothetically, you've got a lingering pain that you become hyper aware of. And your painful broken toe causes you to change your body mechanics while doing things like walking, driving, or getting dressed. You're constantly guarding the toe, making sure that you don't bump it into anything. And while all of this is happening, The magic of neuroplasticity is taking place. Neuroplasticity, if you recall, is our brain's ability to create new habits. It's the reason why you are able to read, write, and do so many other things habitually. And because of this feature of the brain, it can also cause us to create holding patterns of pain and tension in the body. Aha! Aha! So, the longer we are focused on our pain and guarding ourselves from the pain and adapting our way of life to accommodate the pain, the more accessible the pain is going to be in the future. This is called a pain feedback loop. The brain literally rewires itself to think about pain. I know, it's fucking dumb. (laughs) So the reality is, even after you've healed, you may still experience pain and unconsciously guard your toe. That's because there's been changes in the nervous system. And here's a real kick in the pants. The pain may not even end up where you'd expect it to be. Like your previously broken toe might actually slap you with pain somewhere in your knee, hip, or low back. It's so, so very dumb. And this is where things get even crazier. (laughs) So our nervous system is designed to detect danger. And any time that we have felt unsafe, 
whether that's physically or emotionally, the nervous system kicks into protection mode. And if we've felt unsafe with regularity, we end up with perpetual tension because we are always guarding ourselves. The levels and longevity of the stress, trauma, or tension that we experience can greatly impact our susceptibility to physical pain or suffering. In other words, stress manifests pain and pain manifests stress. It's a wicked, vicious cycle, and it's one that I'm hoping that we can break. But that's not all. (laughs) We all have different feelings about pain. And I'm not talking about our pain tolerance levels, but our attitudes towards it. Some of us are afraid of it. Some are obsessed by it. Some believe they deserve it. Some people feel victimized by it, while others find stoicism in it. But it's our mindset around pain that directly influences the impact that it has on our lives and consequently the severity of our suffering. Mm, All right, so (laughs) that was some heavy shits. Let's move along now and learn the difference between acute and chronic pain because that's a little bit lighter. All right, so I'm pretty sure that most of us have heard of either acute or chronic pain. Acute pain is considered short-term, lasting no more than six months. Yeah, six months is considered short-term. Lame. It's also typically caused by a soft tissue injury or temporary illness, and it should, should subside as time passes and your body heals. Chronic pain, however, is long-term, lasting more than six months. But it doesn't have to be a constant, steady pain to be considered chronic. Pain associated with things like headaches, fibromyalgia, or arthritis comes and goes. But these are long-term conditions, hence classified as chronic pain. And if we don't treat our acute pain properly, or for some reason we don't heal well, there's a risk that it may evolve into chronic pain. Which is why it is so important to follow injury or illness self-care protocol. That is why it's so important that we practice relaxation and stress reduction while we are not well. Being strong or stoic or pushing through the pain for any other reason is only going to put you at risk for potentially dealing with a lifetime of pain. And I do not want that for you. All right. So that's the difference between acute and chronic pain, which really mostly just classifies pain according to its lifespan. So let's quickly, very quickly recap what we've learned so far. About 20% of American adults are living with chronic pain, and it's costing hundreds of billions of dollars in lost wages and medical expenses. More than 10 million Americans are misusing opioids, and it's primarily due to physical or emotional distress. Pain is our body's way of communicating that something internally needs our attention. Pain is a sensory experience perceived by the nervous system. 
Acute pain lasts less than six months and chronic pain lasts longer. Because of neuroplasticity, feedback loops, and stress, we may experience pain even though we've healed from an injury or illness. And the last thing we've learned thus far is the more proactive we are about caring for our stress, injuries, and illnesses, and the healthier our relationship is with pain, the less likely we are to experience chronic pain or severe suffering. All right, now let's take a look at some reasons why we might be experiencing pain and ways that we can manage it. So like everything else in life, pain isn't always straightforward. Just ask anyone with an autoimmune disorder. There can be a myriad of reasons for why we experience pain, like older new injuries, older new illnesses, repetitive postures or motions, lack of dynamic movement, muscle strains, stress, tension, or trauma, dietary insufficiencies or dehydration, poor body mechanics, muscle weakness, misaligned joints, lack of sleep, yada, yada, yada. There's a thousand reasons why we could experience pain. And a lot of times, it's not just one thing, but a culmination of things. And I wish that I could tell you that there's a tidy little chart that you could reference so you could figure out exactly how to manage your pain, but there isn't. What you're gonna have to do is dive into a bit of self-awareness and then experiment with different types of self-care. And of course, I'm not giving you professional medical advice here, and I would strongly suggest that you discuss these options with a medical professional and figure out what is best for you. All right. Before we get into all that juicy stuff, I would like to take this moment to let you know that I am always adding new self-care tutorials that can actually help with pain management. And these are things that my clients and I have used for years, and they'll be available to you at the inspiration station found at my website. Okay, let's wrap things up with the good stuff. So the first step to managing your pain successfully is to investigate your pain. A lot of my clients will come in with a complaint about discomfort in a general area of the body. And that's when I start asking them a bunch of questions about their pain. And as I roll through these questions, I can see a look come across their face that mm, indicates that maybe they don't really know much about their pain. (laughs) All they know is that something hurts. So these are some questions that I'd like for you to ask yourself about your pain. And if you're a member, you can actually download a self-assessment survey and a pain tracking calendar so you can have a reference for how you're feeling and what's working for you. But essentially, these are the questions that you want to ask yourself. Where exactly is the pain? How severe is it? What does it feel like? What are the sensations? When do you notice it? How long does it last? What makes it feel worse? What makes it feel better? The second step to managing your pain is to befriend it. 
The more upset we get about our pain and the more we resist or try to numb ourselves from it, the more suffering it brings to our lives. So it's really, really important that we recognize pain for what it is and find a way to welcome and embrace it. I know this probably sounds impossible, but if we build a healthy, more accepting relationship with our pain, the less stress it's going to cause us. And if you recall, stress manifests pain, pain manifests stress. So a great way to start building a better relationship with your pain is to start a mindfulness practice. And I've added a link from John Kabat-Zinn to better explain how this works. And it's actually fucking brilliant. And I can personally attest to how effective mindfulness is when it comes to pain management. It also helps with stress, by the way. All right, so the third thing we can do to manage our pain is to start exploring and experimenting with our pain management options. Now, I know popping some Advil and washing it down with wine sounds pretty enticing, and there's probably a time and place for that, I suppose. But there are also so many alternative ways to manage your pain that actually help and not just mask it. So once you've deepened your self-awareness around your pain and have managed to accept it, even if it's just a little bit, now is the time to start exploring your options for relief. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through a list of some options and talk about what they are and how they work. Now, mind you, this is a limited list. This is, these are not all of your options. There's a lot more out there, but it's a great place to start. Now, if you are in an acute pain situation caused by an injury or illness, like I mentioned earlier, it's best that you follow whatever self-care protocol that's been administered by your medical professional. But if it's an injury, that protocol usually consists of rice, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. But I want you to be careful with the ice and compression components of this acronym. While icing an injured area can reduce swelling, which in itself can cause a bit of discomfort, it can also damage the nerves, which can end up being even more painful and, than the swelling and longer lasting too. A couple of tips are to be sure that you don't put the ice directly on your skin and to not leave it there for more than 10 minutes at a time. And the caution I'd like to advise about compression is to not wrap your wounds too tightly. The body relies on circulation to heal itself. So you're not going to do yourself any justice if you cut that circulation off. All right, let's talk about some topical treatments. Number one, Epsom salt. Most of us are familiar with Epsom salt and what it actually is, is magnesium and sulfate. And when these salts are dissolved into water, that makes the minerals available to be absorbed through the skin. The theory is that these minerals help relax muscles and reduce swelling or pain from things like arthritis, fibromyalgia, and other various causes. Number two, menthol. 
Menthol can be found in loads of topical analgesics like Biofreeze or Tiger Balm. And what menthol does is it masks the pain receptors so they end up sending a cold sensation to the brain instead of pain. This allows you to relax so you can interrupt those holding patterns of tension. But be careful because sometimes we need to be aware of our pain so we don't cause further injury. Number three, CBD. So your brain and immune system have things called endocannabinoid receptors. And promising research indicates that CBD, which is a cannabinoid found in cannabis, aka marijuana, interacts with these receptors and creates an anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving response. Don't worry, <laughs> CBD is not going to get you high. That's the handiwork of THC. <gasps> All right, so those are a few topical options. Now let's talk about how you can get your body involved with pain management. Number one, self-massage. While in my opinion, <laughs> there's nothing more delicious than receiving a really good professional massage, due to finances and time, that may not be accessible for you. The next best thing is giving yourself a massage. Massage is really great for promoting circulation to damaged tissues, relaxing muscles by interrupting nerve patterns, and releasing sticky fascia, which is a connective tissue throughout your entire body. It's also a great way to become familiar with your body, to practice self-love and discover trigger points that may be causing referred pain. And there are lots of nifty techniques that will give you the relief that you're looking for. But they're kind of involved, which is why I'm going to devote an entire blog and podcast just about self-massage. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss that, you can sign up for my newsletter. Number two movement. Sometimes our pain stems from an imbalance in our body mechanics, which can cause muscle tension and nerve impingement and limited joint range. And this happens because most of us, we spend a lot of time repeating postures or movements and don't move our bodies in the dynamic ways that they are intended. Think about what you do with your body for your job, leisure, and hobbies. Think about how much time you spend on your phone. We are passively training the brain to hold our bodies in these positions. And I'll get into this a little bit more when I write the self-massage blog and podcast. But essentially, the remedy to interrupting these holding patterns is to move your body in all the ways it's intended, to stretch the areas that have become shortened and to strengthen the areas that have become weak. Moving your body also releases endorphins, which makes the body feel great. Number three, active relaxation. So pain is linked to our sympathetic response, which is our fight or flight mode. And when we're kicked into this mode, we have a tendency to hold stress and tension in the body. And if you recall, pain manifests stress, stress manifests pain. But we have the ability to activate the parasympathetic response, which is our rest and repair mode, which consequently can alleviate some of our pain. And how we do this is by practicing active relaxation techniques like deep breathing and 
body scans. I'll also get into this a bit more when I write my next blog and podcast all about self-massage. You're going to want to follow the next blog and podcast. (laughs) It's going to be really good. All right. So the fourth thing that we can do to get our bodies involved with pain management is focus on our nutrition. If inflammation is one of the culprits of your pain, then a super duper easy way to help limit that inflammation is by eating foods that keep it at bay. Things like whole grains, beans, nuts, seeds, leafy greens, veggies, fruits, fish, poultry, you know, olive oil. (laughs) These are some of the foods. Um, But crazy enough, things like beer and Twinkies are not anti-inflammatory foods. Just saying. So that was four ways you can get your body involved with your pain management. Now let's talk about some professionals that you can call. Number one, physical therapists. Essentially, physical therapists teach you how to use your body more efficiently. They can help address why you're feeling a particular pain and help break the neurological patterns. They teach you how to improve strength and mobility by using a combination of exercises and passive treatments. I've actually had physical therapy quite a bit in my life. All right, the second person you might want to call is a psychological therapist. Like I've mentioned before, the relationship that we have with our pain is a huge contributor to our level of suffering. So seeking out a mental health therapist is a really great way to alleviate distress, not because they are going to take away your pain, but because they can help you address any anxiety or depression that may be around your pain. They can teach you relaxation techniques and new coping skills, and they can help you make lifestyle choices that support your circumstances. And the third professional you might want to seek out is a body or energy worker. Now, I could go into all kinds of specifics about all the different types of energy and body work out there, but oh my god, you have been here for such a long time already. You totally deserve a break. What I will do, however, is link a few modalities to resources that explain how a few of these things work. So again, if you are listening to this from a podcast source then and you want to learn more and get these links, just find this post at my website or, I don't know, go on a Google hunt if you want to. <laughs> anyway, a few interesting folks that you might want to check out are acupuncturists, craniosacral therapists, or Reiki practitioners. Okay, (laughs) that was a lot. You are a trooper for hanging in there with this long ass post. And you are a trooper for hanging in there with your pain. Oh my God. Pain is a challenging thing to live with, especially since it's invisible to everyone else. It is really isolating feeling. But I want you to know that I see you and I can totally sympathize with what you're going through. If you'd like to have a supportive space to talk about your pain management and other self-care goals, or if you want to learn about my personal battles with chronic pain, or if you simply want to support my work 
You can sign up for a Patreon membership and join the Dream Team for just three bucks a month. And you can find out all the information at crystalmcleancreative.com. All right, my friend, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much for being here. And I will see you soon.